is Pastor Mike. I want to welcome you to the Made for More podcast. I'm here with Josh again. Yes, I am pumped to be back. Uh, today's going to be a good day. We are going to be answering um, a, a question specifically, but then also like kind of a, a broad movement coming out of last Sunday's sermon. Yeah, yeah. So if you have not listened to last Sunday's sermon, it was about forgiveness. So we're mm-hmm. studying love and how forgiveness is a part of embodying Christian love. And I'm just going to ask this question specifically, and and then I'll talk about some of the others that have come through. Uh, This question says, how can I feel the love of God like you do? Or what do I support? What am I supposed to feel if I have God's love in my heart? That's a great question. It is. And so, and then at first when I read that, I was like, I'm not entirely sure exactly what you're after, but I think I get it. And then Mm -hmm. going through the other decision cards, Mm -hmm. it became really clear. People are identifying Okay, Pastor Mike, I get it. There's an honor piece to this. Yeah. Like there are things I'm going to embody before I feel like I'm there. Right. Right. So I'm going to treat this person with respect before I feel like mm-hmm. I want to. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be kind to this individual yeah. before I feel like it. In fact, one of the people, the way they worded it is it's like it's like I'm I'm crawling. It's like yeah. I'm literally crawling into faithfulness, but right. it's mud and it's muck right. and it's hard to get into it. Yeah. So what do we do? when our feelings are not in alignment with the faithfulness that we're trying to live out. Man, that's really good. Mm, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is um, how in our brains, sometimes faith and faithfulness are separated. Right. And so the phrase that comes to my mind right away is like, faith is faithfulness. So those people who are you know, writing in and saying, I'm taking steps towards faithfulness, but it doesn't feel right. That is faith. Yeah. And so part of me is just like, that's great. And wants to just encourage that and say, keep going. Yeah. There, uh, it's a few things come to mind. One is you're in process, right? We all are. Yeah. I mean, like was the Ephesians 2.10 for we, his workmanship, you yeah. know, poema, that Greek there. Yeah. It's like, we're in process. We're yeah. literally being He's the the metaphor was like clay, you know, we're the yes. clay, he's the potter. Yes. And we're in the process of being formed. Yes. So in the process of being formed, he might push you like think do you think like working on a potter's yes. wheel? I just did a pottery class and it was so yeah. awesome. So this has new meaning to me. Keep going. Yeah. Oh yeah. I did I did pottery. Oh, you were homeschooled. You wouldn't have done I, this. You're totally right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I did uh so <laughs> kind of a funny thing to reveal. I did <laughs> art and advanced art classes all oh, through let's school. let's go. I did. You're pro. And so um, I got to do all kinds of like pottery and oils wow. and paintings and all kinds of stuff growing up in high I school. I was mowing the lawn and stuff for art. I'm just No, kidding. that's right. Well, and for me, I was a, uh, I was kind of a, a jock. So I, at times, so like, yeah, yeah. I remember one time my sophomore year, I was sitting in an advanced art class and I was like, gosh, I'm the only one with a football, <laughs> Friday football right. uniform on. That's um, awesome, though. Yeah, potter's wheel, that whole new meaning for yep. me. And so the potter's wheel, there are times the potter is going to push us into a place of faithfulness right. before the other parts have been molded mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And um, and so just because your feelings haven't matched your faithfulness, right. it doesn't mean you're failing. Man, I love even the potter and the, the pottery analogy because it makes it personal. It's like we have to trust the potter that he's got a plan mm-hmm. and that even though, you know, something might feel off, we are in process towards something that is beautiful. Yeah. So that that's awesome. And, our, and when you look at kind of, our culture as a whole, 
there is this assumption that we are what we feel, right? So, and this is true from like sexual identity stuff mm-hmm. right now. Like you, you have to be what you feel. Right. So if you feel lust towards a whatever, that mm-hmm. means that you have to now identify as whatever right. that might be. Right. Um, and, and let's just acknowledge that that's not true. Mm-hmm. You don't have to embody all your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's silly examples of that. Like if I am, you know, if I'm driving down the road and somebody cuts me off and I'm really mad at them and I'm like, I just wish I could kill you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to embody a murderer. Right, right. Yeah. Right. I don't have to become and embody everything that I feel. Yeah. Um, and this is also true like in marriage, man. I mean, if you're married and you come across somebody else that's attractive to you, I right. do not have to embody or act on those feelings. Right. I don't have to embody everything I feel. Yeah. Um, I do have, especially before the Lord, a spiritual gatekeeper right. that I can say no to worldliness. Yeah. yeah. And I can say yes to the ways of God. Yeah. So that whole idea that we must embody that. And so with these people where they're stepping out in faithfulness mm-hmm. and their feelings aren't there. Right. That awareness of dissonance alone, I applaud. Yeah, that's great. You're already countercultural. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking of um, like worship and an Old Testament view of worship is really sacrifice. It's like they're bringing, they're offering something. Yeah. So uh, whether it's like a, you know, a pigeon or right. um, whether they're offering a bull or, or they're, they're sacrificing something to God or grain, you know, they're burning it up. I'm thinking like an element of our worship is a sacrifice to right. God, is giving something. So maybe a modern day part of our worship is a practice of faithfulness that sacrifices our feelings for a season. Right. And God sees that as beautiful, is like you are you are believing that this is true beyond what your feelings are telling you. Yeah. Because you trust me. I cannot imagine anything right. from God other than like seeing that is so beautiful and as worship yep and church fathers would say that there are the deeper wants right um and so like for example if you if in my marriage i see another woman that's beautiful and there's part of me that wants to act on it there is a deeper want yes that will counteract the the lesser ones yes and um and i believe this too i mean like they talk about it oh um I think it's Catholicism where they talk about, so like addictions, like, mm-hmm. uh, is it in dwelling sins or whatever? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, it's like there's an addiction that exists. Yeah. And the deeper desire is wishing they could be out of it. Yeah. And they're still wrestling with the lesser desire. Yeah. So they always are wishing they were out of it. Yeah. But they're still building the tolerance to be able to act faithful yeah. in the meantime. Yeah. And that is so, I mean, that is right down the train of um, my education, which would be like formation. So, you can desire, you know, a certain path of life, but have formation that's working against you. Right. Or you can be on a path of life where you've had formation that's working for you. That's you right. Know, either way, and you can think of it as simple. As, I, I'm actually thinking of something that's comical. It's an episode of The yeah. Office right. where uh, Jim turns on his computer and hands Dwight a mint every time. Right. And so he right. kind of conditions Dwight, right. you know, to have the mint. But it's really true. It's like Pavlov's dog. Like we are conditioned toward things. Right. But that really doesn't reveal the core of our the being. deeper hungers. That's right. Faith is faithfulness. So, I mean, it's if, if you think about it as a growth engine, every one of these cards that's written in a in a discomfort way, at least from my perspective, I initially read these with celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of a sudden I realize all these people are stepping out in a level of faithfulness. Yes. 
um, and they're they're already uh, divorcing ourselves from, uh, in, in a sense, this like hedonist. I am yes. only what I feel. Yes, you know, you be you. Identify with your feelings. You have to like that. All that very temporal. They're already stepping out away from that, yeah. and so there is a deeper longing in you when these, whether it's stepping out in forgiveness yeah. before their hearts even there, yeah. um, or stepping out, you know, to say no to an addiction or no yeah. to a. They're stepping into that deeper. Yeah, you sound like a proud pastor. Yeah, I am. <laughs> there, you guys are great. Um, and then the other thing I would say too is uh, uh, time. Yeah, right. Time. I mean, faithfulness over time. Yep. And uh, faithfulness, not uh, more important than time, but faithfulness with time. Yeah, that's right. Um, produces really good fruit. That's right. I, man, uh, what's that passage? Um, maybe it's First Peter. It's like t- talks about perseverance. Like uh, add, you add to these these things perseverance that you keep going and yeah. so add, like virtues and adding to virtues and the end of it is just like keep going. Yeah. God is building things into us and it does take time. Yeah. He's so patient with us and yeah, you know, you mean well, Galatians two twenty. I have been crucified with Christ yeah. and I no longer live. Yeah. Like even in these scriptures, there is this. If you step out in faithfulness even before it feels good, right. you are aligning yourself. Yeah, with some of the greats of the faith, right? You know, um, yeah. not even that. Jesus right. Himself followed His deeper longing, which was to obey God. Yes. and His His lesser desires were like, I don't want to be crucified on this cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pain, pain. the pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when you're like, I'm stepping out in faithfulness. Yeah, and there's part of me that doesn't like it and it doesn't yeah. feel good right now. You're not far from the Father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he identifies with you yeah. in, in those moments. Yeah, and we could call that a form of worship, like we talked about earlier, or a form of uh, self-denial, you know, that is denying our desire in the moment for something that we know is better. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. Colossians 3, 1 through 4, um, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ yeah. is, seated at the right hand of God, yeah. set your minds on things that are above, yeah. not on things that are on earth, for you have died. I mean, listen to the language. Right. For right. you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and in God. When Christ who is in your life appears, then you also will appear yeah. with him in glory. And the promise is, so you are, you are dying to this, temporal yeah. which all these cards are doing yeah, yeah. i mean these are all powerful steps forward yes. in the kingdom praise god and you are you are stepping and it's it's a death yeah you i mean something yeah. inside you like you you are you're killing that attachment to only be right. what you feel yes and you're stepping yeah. out in a deeper reality yeah but listen to the promise at the end of this when christ who is in your life appears like there's yeah. coming a day yeah then you also appear with him in glory like yeah the ultimate culmination of right deeper desires right. with the right true king right it's coming yeah that's right that's excellent that's i think it might be of value just for a moment to zoom out and kind of explain some of how this works i'm thinking um different types of cultures and subcultures can make different things feel normative yeah and it's good to recognize, like, if you think of even, I don't know, 100 years ago or yeah. 80 years ago, what people wear, you know, is good, like, it's going to, it would feel very strange for them to show their ankles in some right. subcultures. Yeah. And so their feelings are discipled and formed by the community that they live in, the time that they live in, the people, you know, they're around the major value system and power system, like all of that goes into it. 
So we don't always get to decide, you know, we're born into certain times that God has decided, certain families that God has given us. Right. So we don't always get to decide the original starting place of what are normative feelings for us. Right. But we do get to decide how we will choose to move forward and how our feelings get shaped over time. Right. Yeah, there is, um, so we are, we are not void of being influenced by our culture. Right. So or better or worse. Better or worse. Uh, but as Christians, we do set our gaze on a destination. Yes. And so we are moving towards this end, right. uh, the telos. Yes. You know, towards this yes. ideal end right. that we are moving toward. And as we as we move towards that, in some ways, our culture right. is going to help perpetuate it. Yes. So like one advantage of being in a culture that's obsessed with emotions and feelings mm-hmm. is um, if you embody that in a good godly way. Right. You can be very transparent and confess yes, well. Yes, <laughs> and, and be empathetic. And, and be empathetic, like, that's absolutely. right. Um, there are benefits to that. Yeah. And if you grew up like in a huge honor society, Asian culture, right? that whole side is way harder. But like the being honorable, stepping out, you know, acting like that's all easier. Um, you know, the the honor side in our culture is easier. And so it's it's important to note that we do not have control over the culture that you were born into you didn't choose to be born into a home with an abusive father yeah um you didn't choose to be born into a home with a great family yeah but you're saying whatever context you grew up in that system comes more naturally to you that's right and yeah so whether it's right or wrong it comes more naturally to you and as christians what we're doing is progressing towards faithfulness to God, progressing towards what we know is good yeah. uh, towards others and, and honoring to God, honoring to, you know, who yeah. God made us to be. And as we do that, sometimes it aligns with what our context has taught us feels good. And sometimes it doesn't. That's right. And either way, we keep progressing towards that. You know, an interesting one, um, and I was sharing this with you, Josh, before we started recording uh, years ago, this is more than a decade ago, I was sitting in an office and a young adult, he's probably about 26, came into my office at the time. Uh, he's probably in his mid-30s now. And um, he, like a lot of young adults, in fact, I sat in a room uh, prior to him coming in and I was like, raise your hand if you are doing the job that your education, that you were educated All for. Right, right. And uh, it was like less than a fourth yep. of the young adults in the yep. room were doing the job they were educated for. Mm-hmm. And the only ones that were, were people that had educations that were more trade centered. Sure. So they couldn't do something else. Right. Right. Um, and so this guy came and he was, I think he was on his fourth job. It might've been his fifth. So only in the work world for a handful of years. And I mean, it's basically every year he's quitting a career and doing something different. And, um, he had during his prior job, he had worked to, uh, get his teaching certificate. And then he had been teaching for about a year and he came in and he's like, I I hate it. Right. Uh, I hate my job. I want to do something different. And, um, and he's like, I I just, I can't figure out who I'm called to be, what I'm called to do. That's always the conversation, you know? And like a, a lot of young adults, whether they are good at it or not or should do it is totally yeah. tied into whether they feel it feels good. Like, yeah. do I feel like I yeah. should be doing this now? That's a very Western way of viewing right. the world, and right. they don't know it, right. but it is a very Western way. Right. So I asked the question, I was like, do me a favor and just imagine that you can't quit. <laughs> just Let's just, for the sheer fun of it, let's just right. pretend like right. you can't quit this job. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you would do 
to make it better. If you mm-hmm. couldn't quit, there was no way out. Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, well, I think I would decorate my classroom. Yeah. Well, first thing was like, man, you haven't decorated your class. Like, he's really depressed in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I decorate my classroom. Another right. one is there was like three students in his class mm-hmm. that he really thinks that if he was to connect with, they might make some more progress. He listed like five or six things that, mm-hmm. that he would do differently if he could not quit. And so I was like, how about this? I'm not telling you, you have to stay in your job. You can quit it if you want. But before you actually walk out the door, do these things. Decorate your room. Go to the store, pick some stuff out, think about your kids, reach out to those families and say, hey, I'd like to you know, meet with your kid. I think it can help them out with math um, and, and solve these things. Why don't you mm-hmm. just do these things and see what happens? And so he started walking down the list of what he would do to bring you know, the love that he wished was in that room into right. the room. And what happened was, is I, I met with him, you know, a number of months later and, and he didn't want to quit. Yeah, I believe it. He didn't want to quit. Yeah. It's like his heart was in it now. Right. And so I do think for us with all these people, with each of these situations, um, you need to know the heart of God, mm-hmm. be aware of your situation, mm-hmm. and you are going to start building for a better end Yeah. before your heart's even there. Right. And... What we see in the text even that we read is that, you know, our hearts can follow right behavior. Yes. But even if they don't. Yes, we still do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and it it is different amounts of times for different things. I'm just thinking of, man, when I'm a 17-year-old, like, I I thought it was impossible to get up before 11 a.m. or something, you know? Right. And some of the older people, experienced people who are listening to this, they're like, yeah, I get up at 6 a.m. So it's like even that requires, like, for me, you know, some small level of denial of feelings. Then I'm thinking of learning to eat more healthy. It's like that took so much time to even enjoy that. I know that's many people's experience of working out. It's really drudgery in the beginning until you're like, wow, this is a way to rest. One of our young adults was telling me that you say this is how I rest, and I'm like, that's awesome that you've you know gotten to that place where you're right. you're really enjoying it. And it is certainly true for other practices that are healthy. Yeah, that in the beginning it could feel like going uphill or drudgery, and that is the work of faithfulness. Yeah, and, yep. And and you will. The truth is, you will be called by God to animate love. Yeah. Before yep. it is self sustaining. That's right. Yeah. And um, you just will. There'll be some marriages yeah. where you're going to have to animate love yeah. um, before it is just, you know, in a sense, self-sustaining right. and there and you just participate in it. Right. You know, you're going to animate love as a teacher in a classroom. Yes. Before you're going to animate love in your small group. Yes. At your church. And it might even be good to recognize, like a lot of our examples we were talking about, you can grow an affinity for that virtue. That's like right. Like you can enjoy it. There are some virtuous things that will never be enjoyable, like pain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and yet there might be circumstances where God is asking us to do something that is painful physically yeah. or painful in a way where we really just don't like it. Like, let's say yeah. rescuing girls out of this sex trafficking right. or whatever. There may be parts of that that are horrible, right. but it is such a good thing. Right. Yep. And that's where you circle back around to the deeper Yes. Yeah. Yes. There is a deeper good that you're pursuing that's going to take you through 
a more temporary frustrating yeah um and you move towards it i mean like the romans eight twenty eight that you mentioned even before we started recording this you know and we know that in all mm-hmm. things god works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purposes mm-hmm. and uh the way wh- how was that the version you yeah there's, there's a translator his name's logan williams and he translates it this way God works together with those who love God to direct all things towards the good. Yeah. So he's kind of highlighting the participation piece that God is working together with the people who love him to move everything towards what is good. That's right. So when you, going back to this, when you are in a situation where you are being love before it exists, you're, you're animating it before mm-hmm. it's real on mm-hmm. its own in that marriage. You're animating it in a sense. You're pretending. You're working on it. You're practicing it mm-hmm. before it really exists in your classroom. Before it really exists in your small group. Yet, right. when you are doing that, mm. you are you are joining with yes. the current work of God Himself yes. as He works to bring love into all places yes. of the earth. And and that's it. Kind of almost to me, it's like a beautiful promise. God's like, whenever you work to bring about My kingdom, I'm going to work with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the one of the commentators here with the Romans eight twenty eight text says God weaves everything together for good for His children. The good in this context does not refer to earthly comfort, but conformity to Christ. Yes. So yes. what are you doing in every one of these? These cards were written going. This is hard. I wish it felt good. Yeah. What this text is saying, oh my friends, you are bringing the glorious good of Christ into a place yes. where it's deeply needed. Yes. You are leading the charge in That's a sense. Right. Faith is faithfulness. Yeah. And so like I look at these cards and I mean, even to the person, I you know, how do I feel the love of God, you know, like this? Or what mm-hmm. am I supposed to feel? Mm-hmm. Um, well, there is an ultimate wholeness that's coming. Right. Even if it's at the end of this world. Like it's yeah, coming, yeah, yeah, an yeah. ultimate wholeness. Yeah. Uh, but I would say in each of these, or the dragging myself through, mm-hmm. um, or the anxiety of mm-hmm. you know trying to do what's right, or the, all of these different yeah. cards that use all these different words, yeah. in all these places where you are stepping out, bringing the love of God into a yeah. dark place, and you feel the dissonance yes. of the darkness that's really there and the love that you're trying to make present, yep. I would just say, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Keep it up. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. Thank you for bringing yeah. the love of Jesus into yeah. those places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then just circling back around, you know, we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus for good works. Yes. You are going to be put where good work is needed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, which God prepared beforehand yeah. that you would be a light in that darkness. Yeah. Um, that we should do what? Walk, yeah. you know, with him. And yeah. so um, this is kind of a weird thing because in the sense, all I'm saying to you is, Good, <laughs> yeah. good. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. And I do pray uh, that the awareness of the deeper joys and faithfulness, right. the deeper loves, the deeper wants, right. um, that you will become more aware of them. That you can drink deep of the yeah. deeper things, yeah. um, even while the lesser ones can yeah. hurt. Yeah, and I think it's good for us to acknowledge too. I I was talking to someone um, from our church a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about just experiences that they see other Christians have that are like emotional or experiences where they feel God in a deep way. And this person was telling me how they have wanted to experience that. I think it's great to acknowledge like, man, some incredible Christians like Henry Nouwen talk about years they've gone through 
void of feeling yeah. that closeness to God. I mean, he called it a dark night of the soul. Yeah. But there's also just normal experiences. I mean, I've experienced a season of probably six months where it was like no, you know, no overt feelings of the presence of God. And so that's that's tricky too. There's nothing really wrong with not feeling it or feeling it. Yeah. Because faith is faithfulness. Yeah. So it's it's what direction we're setting our heart towards and our practices towards and the commitments that we are centered inside. Yeah. Like that is our faith. Yeah. Um, and feelings, you, you may be in a season where God has chosen that you are fasting from feelings. Right. And that might be okay. It's a moment where maybe he wants us to recognize deeper, yeah. deeper desires. Yeah. Oh, man. And so I just, I would pray God's grace all over you. I would pray um, for, oh, man. And, and I even ask that God would give you, you know, a level of intimacy and awareness when yes. you're in this. Um, and... Um, and I don't know the complexity of it. I know right. there's a lot of situations, a lot of reasons why people feel darkness. There was one guy in particular, right. he had a son that died. I talked right. with years ago and he went through a number of years where just, he's like, every day I went to church, it just felt like I was yeah. just going through yeah. the motions. Face to face with death. It's like, yeah, that's, and, that's um, a terrible feeling. Yep. And then he had a Sunday, it was years after yeah. his son had passed away where, you know, it was like intimacy just got turned back on again. Right. Right. I don't understand all of that. Right. Um, and I don't want to pretend to understand it. And oh, it's I, so complex. How yeah. could we? Yeah. And I don't understand your scenario specifically, but I do know this. He who began a good work yes. will be faithful to complete it. That's right. And so we just, I pray that for you and yes. for those that wrote these cards, I pray that for you, that um, that in the faithfulness, the hard faithfulness, yep. you would find him faithful. And you would just, he would give you the strength that you need to keep yes. going. Um, and I also pray that there would be the glorious culmination of that faithfulness. Yeah. Yes. Um, that the day would come when you go, this was all worth yes, it. Yes, absolutely. And it will, it will come, yeah. yeah. And it, it's good we for us to recognize and just keep saying, like, it's not wrong. You know, it's not yeah. wrong not to feel it. That's okay. And, and we do await a day where we will feel it in its yeah. fullness, yeah. you know, before Jesus. And until then, we just thank him for what he gives. And we truly try to live in contentment with what yeah. he's, what he's given us, which is, can be very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way C.S. Lewis talks about it where, I mean, when we do finally have that full right culmination, mm-hmm. the marriage is complete yeah. in a yeah. sense. And we are, we are with, we are with God. That wholeness will be so good. Mm. Even the best of days, you know, will be remembered as yeah. a season of distance. Mm. Right. So like right. it's hard to wrap your brain around it. Right. But I believe even for you that wrote this card, there is a day of culmination coming where it will be so good. Mm. It'll um, make up. It'll make up for anything that you think yeah. you've ever lost now. Mm. And so I pray that I pray that over you. I probably had to pray for him. Go for Anything it. Anything else that you love have? It. That's great. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you so much for our amazing people that are just tuning in on this podcast. And I do pray for those specifically that feel like they're doing faithfulness without the feelings. Yes. Um, those that are animating love before it feels like love mm-hmm. is being animated, self, you know, existent. 
Um, and so I just pray for divine strength that you mm-hmm. would give them what they need to continue in faithfulness. And then I pray that you who began a good work will be faithful to complete it, that you would help us not to grow weary in doing good, but at the proper time, there'd be this divine culmination um, and that we would, um, yeah, that we would ultimately look back and go, wow, God, you were there, you were mm-hmm. faithful, and this was all worth it. Um, I love you, Jesus, uh, in your wonderful name, be with our people. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Until next time, have a great week.